Okay, Booker Tov, good morning. Today's daf is a uh, good second day of the Omer. Um, today's daf is Memhei. We pick up in the bottom third of Memdal Ramadbet, the two dots, lines out with Itmar, about 15 lines before the lines get wide. And we have just had a whole major debate of Rabbi Yochan and Lakish about the status of a Nara, um, where the Chachamim says she can receive a get. Rabbi Huda says even that she can't do, but then Rabbi Yochanan says that's all she can do is receive a get. So she's not really, she's passive, it's, she's not making a choice, it's Balkarcha. But any type of a thing that requires her decision, like getting married, that's all in the power of the father. So even though legally she's an adult as a Nara, all of the real decision and power um, for any type of a transaction rests with the father. Now we shift back to the case of the Katana, which is, should be obvious. The Katana has, is not an adult and so clearly any action she's going to do won't be meaningful but today's daf and even a little bit of tomorrow's daf is going to deal with a scenario where this katana goes ahead and decides to marry herself off now we would assume that if you can't do it for a nara you obviously can't do it for a katana it should be completely meaningless uh, but we're going to see some possibility that maybe that has some weight and we'll see why and just so people should realize this is not purely a speculative thing it does sound a little absurd here what this 10 year old is going to decide on her own to, on her own to marry herself off to elope, but actually when the Gemara gets in the end of the discussion to, to end the sugya, we shouldn't get into a very heated discussion about how do we paskin, because apparently cases like this uh, would happen. Now, I'm not exactly sure if it was the girl on her own, but certainly cases where the father wasn't around, the father was overseas, Medina Fayyam, for some extended period of time, and maybe the uh, mother decided to marry the girl off, right? So she was, she was young, and they, you know, they had, we dealt at the beginning of this parak, Joseph Told, told us that even though the Gemara says that a, a man shouldn't marry off his daughter until she grows up and she's able to say she wants to marry this guy, um, nevertheless, <coughs> Tussles pointed out that there was a, uh, you know, a economic historical reality that created a necessity to marry them off at a young age, even before they were bat mitzvah. So that would have been true in cases when the father wasn't around, even though he was alive. Okay, so this is going to become a very practical question. Let's take a look. It seems that the father was like uh, dead. That no, thing? dead is different. Dead Chazal were talking that the mother and the brothers no, had the right to marry her off. Uh, maybe we'll talk about that. But this is a case that the father is alive. So there's no question the father is really the only one who has control. Okay, Itmar. So it's taught. Kitana Shaviya. A Kitana that gets married without her father's uh, acquiescence or even uh, knowledge. Um, Amish. Well, she needs both a get and miyun. Now, miyun is strange because miyun is only when the mother and the brothers marry her off. Okay, what's miyun doing at all here? And what is that? Why do you need both? Okay, why do you even? Why certainly do you need a get? It was, she's only a katana. So the Gemara says. So right. Exactly. I mean, what's mean at all? And if you do need it, why should you need it together with a get? Normally, mean is instead of a get. Mean is by a kiddushi durabanan. So if you wanted to call this some type of a kiddushi durabanan, just do mean and not a get. What's going on here? So that's exactly what the Gemara says. So the Gemara says, Amar Karnas, it says Karnas, name of a Chacham, Dvarim Begav, there's like things, uh, it literally means things are inside here, meaning like there's uh, some problems going on here. Okay. Begav is how you read it? Okay. Dvarim um, Begav, Go. There's problems in there. There's some issues here. What are the issues? Um, 
Um, im get lama miuni miun lama get. If one, why the other? Right? Miun is for a derabana marriage, get is for a deraisa marriage. What's going on here? Um, Amrulay, the rabbis of the base medrash, said to him, Hamar ukva beidi nebekafri. So look, if you have a problem with Shmuel's teaching, Marukva and his base in our, over there in Kafri, which apparently is a nearby town, let's go ask them to explain it. Okay, so presumably they went there, and what did this base in do? This base in referred it up. So it says, it seems like this is what the basin did. It could be this is also what the rabbis did. So what they did is the following. Um, they reversed who said what, and they sent it to Rav. Like, this is where, like, an example of, like, blind review. Okay? They didn't want, made want to make sure that they got a non-biased response, or at least that Karna would be satisfied. You know, so if Rav is going to come and defend the position of Shmuel, Karna would say, yeah, you know, it's his colleague. Of course he's defending the position of Shmuel. So they reversed it. They said that Karna said that she needs to get a Niyun, and Shmuel you know, said, it doesn't make sense, one or the other. And let's see what Ra, how Rav responds, which one he sides with. Okay, so they, de- they stack the deck in favor of Karna's critique. They st- yeah, because the, on purpose, they stack the deck in favor of Karna's critique, and let's see what Rav says. Okay? Shadrullah kami to Rav. So Rav said back, like, you know, in God's name. No! Shmuel said, questioned that idea that you need both. It's not true. You do need both. And God forbid the, the son, the child of Abba, the son of Abba, meaning Abba was, uh, Abba was Shmuel's father's name. Okay, so Abba Abba was a way of referring to Shmuel. And God forbid that Shmuel, the name of Hachi, should say that should, should question that you need both. Because okay, so it was very clear that Rav was there of the opinion that you need both. And even when he thought that Shmuel said the opposite, he still said you needed both. And he couldn't believe that Shmuel would say the opposite. So it's so Rav and Shmuel now both very strongly feel that this girl needs both, and it doesn't seem to make any sense. So it's finally, smart, it's very smart actually of them to do that on purpose because <laughs> it could intimidate. Like Shmuel said that, right. so I'm going to second guess my opinion. Exactly, he stayed with his opinion. Uh, right, it's very hard to do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Rav. Yep. Okay. So the time of my so now Rav and Shmuel both say she needs both. What's going on here? What's the reason? She needs a get because maybe the father in the end will be okay with it. And that one minute, well, when he finds out, so one minute, and he would be okay with it. Maybe the father won't be okay with it, but then what's going to happen? She's going to have a get in something that was never a kiddushin. And therefore, v'yomru, ain't kiddushin tovsin b'achota. People will say, look, if all we saw was a get, it must be, people will say, that the father was okay. We'll say there was a kiddushin d'oraisa. The get makes her a grusha d'oraisa. And then there's going to be a well, Then they'll say that if this same, if this, if this same man try, who, who gave her the get tries to marry her sister, they'll say it won't be chal. Because you can't marry a woman's sister as, even after you divorce the woman as long as the woman is still, as the, the first wife is still alive. So basically, since saying, you know, Yomu Kiddushin Tovzni Bachosa means that there are some possible kulas that will emerge from the fact that people think that this woman is a Grusha Doraisa, a Vada Grusha. So they give a Miun as a way of signaling, you know, maybe that get was only a Chumrah, because if she was really married, you don't need anything in addition to a get. So the fact that they require a Miun shows, nah, maybe it wasn't really Doraisa married, and maybe the get was some Chumrah, and that therefore it protects us 
from 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 sort of some um, kula that could emerge from assuming that she was married to Raisa, which would mean now that the man would not be would not have any like if he even if he gave money to her sister, we would say it wouldn't be chal. Now we realize it might be chal, could be he was never married to her. So what you have is two things. Number one is you have that meun functions as a way of signaling, not just as a way of addressing kiddushin to rabbanan, which is when which is exactly you know this whole case is an underage girl who gets married without the father. It looks like kiddushin to rabbanan, right? It looks like the case when a girl, an underage girl, doesn't have a father, and the mother and the brothers marry her off. So the normal type of way of responding to that is meun. So it doesn't seem like they just grabbed meun out of thin air. It seems like meun would sort of be a normal way of responding to something that a case that looks just like this, a kiddushin to rabbanan. Okay, but here they're using it to balance the possibility that to balance the fact that they demanded a get and to signal the fact that this is not really clearly a kiddushin to so it's just really like a chashash and a concern, and you know that because we're also demanding meun. Now the the, the Rishonim have a very one one minute. The Rishonim have a very um, you know significant discussion about what is this issue of nisrates ha'av. Um, you know, there's two questions. Question number one is even if the father was okay with it, let's say he was even okay with it from the get go, how do you give the money to this girl? She's she's a she's a minor. She can't be a shaliach. How, right? You can't give money directly to her. Right? Mm-hmm. So h- how does that work for Kiddushin? Even if the father from the very outset said he was okay with it. So interestingly, I looked through many, many Rishonim don't even address the question. Finally, the Ritva quest raises the question. And what he says is, remember at the beginning of the Masechet, where somebody could say, a woman could, you know, say to a man, uh, put the money on that rock there, or throw the money out to the ocean, or give the money to that other person, and I'll treat that as my Kesef Kiddushin. And we sort of say that that works. Okay, basically, because she gets Hanah, that he listens to her, or somehow it works through, through other ways. Anyway, so even though the girl isn't a Shaliach, if the father is okay that this giving the money to her counts as Kesef Kiddushin, that should count as an act of Kiddushin. Although, again, it's, it's, a, you know, it's questionable, but that's how we are explaining it. But the other big question comes, when are we concerned that the Av was okay with it? Were we thinking that the Av maybe from the outset presume, like, like was okay, like knew this guy was interested in marrying his daughter, and the outset was thinking like, yeah, if he gives money to her, I'll be okay with it, or some type of a thing of that nature, right? That well, doesn't sound like that, and we haven't discussed that, although we'll discuss a similar scenario in a minute. Um, or the way most, that's what the Ravid says, but it doesn't fit with most of the cases. The way most Rishonim say is when the father eventually, when she comes back and tells the father, oh, this guy gave me this Kiddushin money, then maybe he's okay with it. So the question is, what do you mean maybe he's okay with it? Let's see what his reaction is then. If he says, no, if he says, what are you talking about? I, I you know, you know, I, I, I object. Then it's no good. If he says he's okay with it, then assuming that he could be okay later, he says he's okay. What do you mean maybe he's okay? So they have to construct the scenario that he goes back and tells the father, and the father doesn't say anything initially. He's silent. So if he's silent, we don't know what he, you know, what he's thinking. And then maybe a day later or ten minutes later, he says, you know, I object. So the question is, is this objection something new? And initially your silence indicated that you were okay with it? Or maybe this objection indicates that you never were okay with it. So like they construct a whole scenario that's not in the Gemara. Like when was that moment that the father became aware and we think that he might have been okay? And even if he is okay later, why does it work for something that was done in the past? 
right? So, like, and they, again, they have to say, well, maybe since she's okay with it and she doesn't have to give the money back, now that he's okay with it, when he finds out an hour later, now the money that's in her pocket, that becomes Kesef Kiddushin. Like, it becomes, it seems very, very far-fetched, right? And I mean, not even far-fetched to think that maybe he, he is okay with it, but to think you have the appropriate mechanics to allow it to be an act of Kiddushin. So it really does seem very Durabanan and Akshash. It's hard to understand what exactly is the concern. And we'll see. We're going to have a position that completely rejects this. I'm yes. still not understanding what the point of view is. We don't want to marry her for so then just give her again. You can't marry her no, the, no, no, no. We're afraid that he'll think that if you were to marry the sister, it wouldn't be chal. But it might be chal because it probably isn't a good kiddush in Doraisa and it isn't a good get Doraisa. So therefore we give... So to signal that it wasn't, it was only a very questionable kiddush and a get, you do a miyun. So he knows that if he gives kes of kiddush to the sister, the sister is suffix mikudeshes as opposed to varayena mikudeshes. So the sister is suffix mikudeshes so we can just tell him just don't marry the sister. Forget about the whole Wait, don't tell him. I, whatever. They were afraid that people would draw the wrong inference you know they say oh there's a get that must mean X and Y it's sort of like your classic safeguard it's done to signal to protect the bands. other there are going to be other cases you know Tosus discusses how about marrying a daughter how about marrying the mother how about whatever a lot of possible scenarios you want to signal you don't want to send confusing signals if all you had was a get it would signal to people that this was Kiddush and Doraisa okay but anyway very hard to understand where at what stage is the father we, do we think he's being these ratzes what is the mechanics Where's the Kesef Kiddushin coming later? Why is the fact that she has Kesef Kiddushin acceptable? She's not an adult. You have all of these problems. Anyway, this is the position. And the irony is, or the interesting thing is, that both Rav and... Not, Rav was like shocked that Shmuel could have said anything less than she required both. Right? But to us, it's, I, at least to me, it's very hard to understand why any, why any of this is necessary. Yes. Is he allowed to marry the sister? Is he allowed... No. Because it might be that it was good Kiddushin, right? Okay, but we don't want him to think that if he gives Kesef Kiddushin, he doesn't have to be concerned about it, because it might have been not good Kiddushin. Right. Okay. All right, so, the Gemara says like this. Um, so, Rav Nachman tries to limit this. All of this is only if Shiduchin, right, preceded this whole thing. That there was a whole conversation with the groom and the groom's family. Do you want to marry my daughter? Whatever. And the father was there and he was part of it. And then there was some cast of Kiddushin given not in the father's presence. All right. That already makes a lot more sense. Again, not to solve the mechanics so much, but at least to solve, like, why we would think the father would implicitly agree to that as a Masa Kiddushin. Maybe even before the fact. Okay. You know what? She doesn't even need Mion. Nothing means anything here. She's a Ktana. Give me a break. No, no Mion, no get, no nothing. Now, as Mark says, Alpha Gav de Shidhu? The question how to read this line, but I'll read it the way Rashi tells us to. What? Does Ula mean it's not a problem even if there was Shiduchim that preceded it? So the Mark says, I know, it's confusing, but that's the way Rashi reads it. So the Mark says, no, Mandamati Halo Masniha. The one that says that we're talking about a scenario of Shidhu does not say that Ula says you don't need Miyun. Because according to this way, if it really were Shidchu, then at least Ula would agree there's some concern going on here. Maybe at least Miyun. Ikadami, but some say, Amar Ula, he said it as an independent statement and again there's some question how to read this but the way Rashi reads it is is that even with Shiduchim she, you know black and white she does not require Mion you don't, you don't need anything so you go from needing both I mean needing both is really starting by needing a Ged and then needing a Mion to counterbalance 
the message sent by the get, okay, but that's, a, you know, but at least to try to limit that a little bit to a case of shidchu, okay, to Ula that says basically you don't need anything. And it's important to establish that Ula might, the second statement might mean you don't need anything even with Shiduchim, because I'll just, and I don't want to ruin the surprise, but I'll go ahead and ruin it. According to most we've shown him, we rule against Rav and Shmuel, and she doesn't need a get, and she doesn't need Miyun, and the question is, well, what about a case of shidchu? Would, would, would that be different? So it's important to establish at least a reading of Ula that when Ula rejects them, he rejects them even in the case of Shidchu, that you don't require anything. Yes. But, so Shidchu, like Shidduchin, have some legal import, right? Well, not on themselves. They create a context for what other, for what other things might happen. Shidduchin don't do anything by themselves, right. but that just sets the scene so that it makes us question what the, what the Das was when a certain event happens. Mm-hmm. Think about a case of like a Sukinboso Indian. You're Sukinboso Indian, you're talking about getting married, and then you give a ring without saying anything. So we can say implicitly that even though nothing was said, we understand that that was given al das Kiddushin. So it's not that this, the discussion has legal weight in itself. It creates a context for us to understand a later action, right? And therefore, how do we, you know, what's the implicit meaning of that later action? Excuse me, suggested if they're standing under the hook and he doesn't say how reactive Yeah. Yeah, it's actually, it actually could be worse if he says the wrong thing. They're not saying anything. Okay? I could tell you some stories about that. But anyway, moving on. Right, exactly. Moving on. Okay. Masi Rav Kahana. Rav Kahana asks, now, you see, you can never get away from, from Yavamos. Okay, so remember the case of Tsar's Erva? A guy dies, the brother, he has a couple of wives. The brother, the surviving brother, is related to one of those wives. Okay, let's say it's his daughter. All right, or it's his other scenarios, but let's say it's his daughter, right? Because his daughter could be married to his brother. That would be her, her uncle, okay? So now, because he obviously can't do Yibum with his daughter, that's an erva, he can't do, he, he, he doesn't do Yibum with any of the co-wives, he doesn't even eat Chalitza, everybody just walks away. Okay, that's the opening Mishnah in Yavamos. Now, let's say, however, that um, before his brother died, so before Ruvain died, who was married to Shimon's daughter, Ruvain divorced the daughter. Or, right, or, uh, what's the other case? The Kulansh Imesu, or the daughter died. Okay? So you have. Here's Ruvain. Here's Shimon. Yeah, he's married to Bat Shimon. Sorry, she doesn't get a name. Okay, we'll call her Rachel. Okay? Anyway, so, if Ruvain dies and then he's married to other people, okay? Vorah and Avigail, a lot of other women. Okay, so anyway, if Ruvain dies because because it's his married because he's because he's an erva, everybody goes off free. But if before Ruvain died, Rachel died. Uh, before Ruvain died, Rachel was divorced and she was out of the picture. Then obviously he has to do Yibum or Chalitza with the remaining wives. Okay, that's the Mishnah. Okay, so the Kulan Imesu, if these ervas died, Omianu, or let's say it was only a Durabanan that she was married to Ruvain, and that she did Miun, okay, and we're going to have to discuss what's that scenario, Oni Skarshu, or she was divorced from Ruvain, Oshinimsu Ilinis, or it turned out that she was an Ilinis and never able to have children, and therefore was a Kiddushi Tos, so saying Mutarot, their co-wives are permissible, meaning and you can do Yibum or Chalitza with a co-wife. Now, now we want to understand what is the case of that of Miun, right? Shimon, here she is, 
right? She is mar- married to Ruve. Now, in the case, now, it could be she married herself to Ruve as an adult, right? Rachel here. Everybody with me? Yeah. I mean, not to Ruve. Yes, Ruve. But Mion only works when a girl is a minor. Okay? So, how did right. she get married to Ruvain right. with a Kiddushin Durabanan and that Mion is the relevant way of walking away if Shimon is still alive? Okay? Normally, Mion is only when Shimon is dead and the mother and the brothers marry her off. He was on the okay, so, so the Gemara says, the Kart Shaman, in this case, who married off? Uh, this uh, this daughter. the father. How does she walk away with Mion? Get Maria by us. She needs a real get. So she must be she married herself off. And you see that she requires Mion. So how could Ula say she requires nothing? Now in a way this could be a question of Rav and Shmuel as well. Because it sounds like she only required Mion. She didn't also require a get. Okay, so Tosus deals with that. But what you see is there are scenarios where a, da- a girl underage could marry herself off and at least it's some rabbinic problem that at least we demand Mion. Okay, in a way, it should also be a question to Rav and Shmua because it doesn't demand get. But anyway, you have a scenario that a daughter can have a father and be underage and demand Mion. So the Gemara says, who most you love, who mefarikla, he raised this question and he answered it. Kigon shenatala ma'asta yisoma b'chaye aviha. She was treated like an orphan in her father's life. What does that mean? So, um, so basically what it means is, is that this was her second marriage. Nebuch, this young girl. First she was married to some other guy, okay, by the father, Kiddushin. And not only that, there was Nisuin to the other guy. And then the other guy died, okay. So now, this, you can have, you could have an emancipated minor. You know, you have an emancipated minor by this girl, is that she was married to another guy and uh, with Nisuin, and then she could totally leaves the father's control because he's Nisuin, and then the other guy dies or divorces her. 12 years old and there was Nisuin. Yes. And then the other guy dies or divorces her. Now she has le- completely left the father's control because he's Nisuin, so she's no longer under the father's control. So then she married herself off to Rufin. That would require me. Now, why that's important is it helps us understand the role that Miyun is doing here. Because again, classic Miyun is there's no father and the mother or the brothers marry her off and the Chazal instituted a Kiddushin to Rabbanan. What we are sort of saying is there could be other scenarios where this underage girl is married but not married to Raisa and we will recognize it to a certain degree and require Miyun. The same way when her mother and brothers would marry her off. So one scenario is no mother and brothers. There's no father or she's an a Emancipated minor, so if she's out of her father's control, she's out of her mother and brother's control, right? Because she went ahead and like had totally got married to another guy, so all of her family is irrelevant to her, and she goes ahead and marries herself off. That's just like her mother and brothers married her off as a minor, and that would require Mion. So a similar case is that there is a father, and she's marrying herself off, right? It, does that become a type of a kiddushin derabbanan that requires a Mion? So that's the issue. The get idea. Is a, is a more extreme concern that maybe the father said okay and it became a Kiddushin to Raisa. But the Neon idea is patterned after that basic idea of when there's mother and brothers and no fathers and she's a minor it's Kiddushin to Rabbanon. So you could have other cases. You could have she's emancipated because she had been married to another guy and she married herself.
herself off, or she married herself off without her father's okay, do those create a type of a Kiddushan de Rabbana to require a mir? So in the first case, we said yes. That's what's going on by this case of Yibam. She had been emancipated and married herself off. But our focus is, there is a father around, will that ever require me and or a get? Okay? seems to say that the mean is to protect her from being treated like a hefker. That's because she's still young. No. Under that, Yibam Ramatim, of being like a Yatoma. No, that's why they made the establishment of the of the Kiddushin de Rabbanon. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, wait a minute. No, uh. No, 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 that's not the mean. That's why they, they instituted the whole Kiddushan Durabanan when there wasn't the father. Okay, so now the Gemara says like this. Um, okay, so the Gemara says like this. Elalav, uh, okay, so the Masi Tobar Chayavia. Okay, Masi Rav Amnuna. So Rav Amnuna asks, Ain mochel krovim. So remember this, this is about the father selling his daughter off as a slave. So he cannot sell her to relatives, because the whole purpose of selling her as a slave, as a Hebrew slave, is to lead to the ob- yield. So if he sold her to a relative, there can't be any yield, well, there can't be any kiddushin. No, no, no. Well, a relative that there's no kiddushin with. Okay? Okay. Like yeah, exactly. Okay. Mishum Rebbe Leezer Amu mochel krovim. Rebbe says, no, it's okay. You can have shifchus without being a possibility of Yud. Okay? For Shavin, but they agree, Shemokra on Manala Kwain Gadol, Hedyod. He can sell her to somebody that maybe there's it's usher to do Kiddushin, but Kiddushin could be Chal. Okay, that would not be excluded, categorically excluded from Yud. So he can't sell to like his father, okay, because that's his, that's the father's granddaughter. But he can sell to a if she's an Alman or if she's a Grusha can sell her to a Kohen because that even though Kiddushin is usher there it would be Chal so it's not seen like it's off the table and therefore she can, he can sell her as a shift well, if she's an Amana you can't be allowed to do that right? what? if she's an Amana if she's married then she's, she's, he's, the coin isn't allowed to no but he I thought he loses all right there when she's an Amana well, we're going to discuss that. Not if she's an almana from the Arison. Okay. So the Gemara says like this. Now, hi almana, but that's what exactly we're going to ask. Here, this daughter is selling off his this guy is selling off his daughter who's an almana. Hechi dami. How did you become an almana? So he married her. It was only Arison. So he she's still under his control. And then the chassan died. Now she's an almana. So now he's going to go ahead and sell her as a shifcha to some other man. So if that's the case, mimati um, law. How can he sell her? Right? There's different opinions about this, about whether he can sell her as a shifcha twice, etc. But anyway, the opinion the Gemara takes as the psak is, once he's married her, he's no longer allowed to sell her as a shifcha. Okay? So therefore, if he had married her off Kiddushe de Raisa, and then the husband died, now, and now she's an Amman, and now we can discuss marrying her to, off to a Kohen Gado. Okay, how can we have that discussion? He's not allowed to marry, he's not allowed to sell her off. Under 12. Okay, otherwise he couldn't be selling her or marrying her. Okay, Ella, so, Elav, the Kaddish Yinafsha. It must be, you could have a scenario where he had not married her, but she somehow had married herself. Okay, you got the case? Meaning, in order for him to be selling her as a Shifcha, and she's an Almaner and a Grusha, if we assume he can't sell her after he married her off, then the only way she could have been previously married, and there's a father here. It's not like the father is dead, right? There's the only way this minor could have been previously married with her being a father, and the father has not married her 
yet himself had not married her would only be if she had married herself off. So you see, it's possible for a girl, an underage girl who marries herself off, that at least it's kiddushin derabbanan. Okay, so the Gemara says. Uh, she made herself off. You call him the money. You could have asked the same question about Kurusha. Okay, so that should all be clear because we learned that before. So now, what it means is, is here's what happened. He did marry her off before. It is Kiddushin Duraisa, but he didn't marry her off directly. First, he sold her to guy number one. Okay? And guy number one did yield with her. Turned that sale into Kiddushin. And then guy number one died or divorced her. So now she's an Alman or, or a Grusha. Now he wants to go ahead and sell her to guy number two. So you say, well, you're not allowed. You can't sell her after you already married her once before. She says, I didn't marry her off once before. I sold her once before. So I can sell her a second time after selling her a first time. I can't sell her after marrying her off, but I can sell her after selling her. Okay, so Kiddusha Yiyud means the first marriage came through a sale, not directly through Kiddusha. And then the guy died or divorced. What? But it ended in marriage. He did Yiyud. Okay, he sold her to guy number one. Guy number one actually did Yiyud and turned it into a Kiddushin. And then guy number one died. So she's a Grusha del Raisa. I mean, an Amana del Raisa. Or guy number one divorced her. She's a Grusha del Raisa. But it came through Yiyud, not through Kiddushin. Yiyud implies Nisuin? Well, Yiyud is turning the Kesef Mechira into, no, it wouldn't be Nisuin because, uh, because she's still under the father's control. It's Arison. He turned the Kesef Mechira into Kesef Kiddushin. Okay? Well, actually, we'll see what he did in a minute. But he turned the Mechira into a Kiddushin. Alright? Everybody got the case? Okay. So, the guy number, so now, now he can sell her to guy number two because that's sell, that's Shifchus Achar Shifchus. It's not Shifchus Achar Ishus. Because the first sale had started off as a sale of her as a Shifcha, not as a sale of so her as a. Well. It's still not considered a Exactly. The father didn't do that, right? Right. right. So, the Kiddushin Yud, and it's a Libra, Yosef, Yud, the Amar, when the first guy who bought her turned it into Kiddushin, did Yud, it did not turn the original money that had been paid to the father into Kesef Kiddushin, because then retroactively we would say that the father had been Makadesh. What it did was, it was he was Makadishur with the remainder of the service that she owed him. Okay? So people get this? So here we have, okay, Ruvain goes ahead and we'll just call it guy one and guy two. Guy number one and guy number two. So to guy number one, he goes ahead and sells her as a shifcha. Okay? Then guy number one does yield. So now, now it's Kiddushin Doraisa. That becomes Kiddushin Doraisa. Kiddushin Doraisa. Okay. Then guy number one dies or divorces her. So now she becomes a, a Grusha or an Amana Doraisa. Okay. Amana Doraisa. And now, this guy number two happens to be a coin Gadol. A coin or a coin Gadol. Okay. So now, Ruvain, since it was only Kiddushin, she's still a Ketana, there was never any Suin, she goes back to being under Ruvain's control. Okay. And then now Ruvain goes ahead and Ruvain now marries her off to guy number two, so is that the case of a money to a claim Gargo or, or No, marries her. So and he's allowed to do it because it's Kiddushin after Shifchus. Okay? He first sold her as a Shifcha and now she goes back to him and he's marrying her off. He's still a minor. That's Kiddushin after Shifchus. But that only is 
true if this does not retroactively turn into an act of Kiddushin. So when he does Yud, if the Yud returned this money that was given, because when he did, sold her as a Shifcha, he paid money. Right? He paid money. Right. So if the Yud would turn that into an act of Kiddushin, then it would be, then it would be, then it, uh, I'm sorry, if he doesn't do Kiddushin, well, excuse me, I said Kiddushin to guy number two, excuse me. Soldier as a Shifcha, Shifcha to guy number two. Okay? So, but it's a Shifcha that is, has an Isser Kiddushin. Okay, anyway, so this turned this into, if this, if when he did Yud, this turned this money into Kesef Kiddushin, he couldn't sell her as a Shifcha, because it's Shifcha after Kiddushin. So, but if we say it's not the original money that becomes Kesef Kiddushin, when he does Yud, what he's basically saying is, you still owe me a year of service, let's take that year of service, and I'll accept that year of service as Kesef Kiddushin, as it were, then the, Kesef, the act of Kiddushin comes later. And therefore, this is a case of Shifchas after Shifchas, not Shifchas after Kiddushin. So in other words, the guy number one says to her, Instead of making kugel all year in the kitchen as my shivcha, make the same kugel in the kitchen all year as my wife. There you go, exactly. Okay. Anyway, bottom line is that what we that what we're saying here is is that um, is that this case what the, what the important thing is is that the the, the the idea is can you take this concept of noon of kiddushin Durabanan and transfer it to cases where it's not the mother and brother marrying off this minor other cases of a minor being married so one case is she marries herself off when she's emancipated that we discussed and the other case is she marries herself off when there is a father how much does that require noon so the Gemara is is sort of is, you know, Ula is resisting the evidence that there would ever be a case of Mi'un if there is a father if there is a father then what he does is meaningless you certainly don't need a get to Zula and you don't need Mi'un Rav and Shmuel say you need both ok so now the Gemara is going to continue let's take a look Itmar Meis V'navru Lishnei Achiv Yibum. so this girl who married herself off ok so what happened so she married herself Okay, so here's the dad. Here's the dad. Here's the girl. She goes ahead and she marries herself off. The father didn't do it. Terufe. Okay. So Ravinch will say that means something. Ula says it doesn't mean something. Then Ruvain died, and now you've got Shimon. Okay. So according to Rav and Shmuel, when she did this, that would have required get plus mian, right? They would have seen that even though she did it on her own. Now, what now? What does Shimon have to do here? Is it a case of yibum, right? Okay, that's the question, right? So what's he going to do? Of course, halachically, she might not have been married to this guy at all. Okay, so what's the, what's Shimon required to do? So let's take a look. Mace. So this is in the name of Rav. So this is obviously following Rav and Shmuel. She does miyun if Shimon does mamar. Remember what mamar is. That's when the brother-in-law does an act of kiddushin. So here she is. She's still a minor. There's still a father. And Shimon goes ahead. Now Shimon does mamar. Shimon does. So she, here there was one act of kiddushin. Okay, with the father, and he does now Ma'amar, which is a second act of Kiddushin. Okay, so, if after they died, Shimon did Ma'amar, then she has to do Mi'un. But she doesn't have to do Mi'un just because there's a Zika. Now we're going to explain what this means. Kate said, Also the Ma'amar, if Shimon did, did Ma'amar, 
tzricha get, v'tzricha chalitza, v'tzricha miyum. She needs all three, okay, from Shimon. Why does she need all three from Shimon? Tzricha get, Shimon itratei ta'av, b'kdushe sheni. So following the same concern that, when, that this minor who marries herself off, the father might have agreed, so maybe we say like this, Maybe in this case, the father didn't agree to the Kiddushin with Ruvain. Okay, so this was nothing. But now that Shimon did a mamar, he did agree to the Kiddushin of Shimon. Okay? So if he agreed to the Kiddushin of Shimon, Shimon has to give her a get now. Everybody with me? If she really was married to Ruvain, okay, I'm, anyway, I'm not going to deal with some hypotheticals. Anyway, if a father agreed to the Kiddushin now that Shimon did, Shimon is Ruvain's brother, okay, then she's really married to Shimon Doraita. If he didn't agree to Ruvain, Ruvain's out of the picture, so then the Kiddushin is a real Kiddushin Doraita, and now she needs a get from Shimon. So that's why she needs a get. But she also needs a chalitza because maybe she had been married to Ruvain. Okay, now the father was okay with married with Ruvain. Now Ruvain's dead. Now there's a real zika here to Shimon, and now Shimon really needs to do a chalitza. Okay, so Shimon needs to do both a chalitza and a get. A chalitza, because maybe she was married to Ruvain. Again, maybe she wasn't married to Ruvain, but now she's married to Shimon, because Shimon did a mamar. Now, why does she need a... Um, but she needs Mion because maybe the father didn't agree to either marriage and she's not married to either guy and the get in the chalitza is all meaningless and to signal that all of that is not is really meaningless might be meaningless it might be just a chumrah and it's not really the rights to require she does Mion that shows that the whole thing might really not be necessary like we sort of did before everybody with me more or less yeah. okay fine now if Shimon did not do mama did not do a kiddushin. Okay, what are we left with? She only needs chalitza. Because what are the two scenarios? One is, the father was okay to her marriage to Ruvain. Okay, then there's a zikat now to Shimon, so he does chalitza. Scenario number two is, the father wasn't okay to her marriage to Ruvain, so then Shimon's out of the picture. So if there is no mama, the only thing relevant for Shimon to do is chalitza. Now, Maya Marta, you should say one minute, maybe chalitza isn't enough. Let's say that with the chalitza, she should need miyun. Because remember, the role of miyun here is to signal that this stuff might not be necessary. Right? So even if Shimon is just doing a chalitza, do a miyun, because people will say, oh, it's chalitza, then she was really married to Ruvain. And if she's merely married to Ruvain, and then she's, there's a real Zika to Shimon, and there's just Chalitza, people will think now that if Shimon tries to marry her sister, it's not Chal. So maybe you need to do a meal to signal that the Chalitza here might not have really been necessary. Okay? That would be the question. But says, no, that's not a problem. Hakol Yodim Achos Chalitza Dorabanan. Everybody knows, everybody, I'm sure everybody who knows, that the, even though Kiddushin is in Toface by a wife, uh, uh, by the, by a wife's sister, even an ex-wife's sister, but it, but, but, but if it's a Chalutza's sister, Kiddushin is, to, it does, it does work their rights. Only rabbinically is it forbidden. Damare Shlakis, because Reish Shlakis says in Yavamos, in a case that we don't have to get into, Kan Shana Rebbe, from this Mishnah, Rebbe teaches us, a Mishnah over there in Yavamos, 
Achas Gusha that the sister of a divorced wife is Doraisa Aser, and therefore the Kiddushin doesn't take effect. Achus Chalutza, the sister of a woman that has only had had Chalitza, so Midive and that's only forbidden rabbinically, and Doraisa would take effect. Okay, so, if, if, there was only Kiddushin to Ruvain, and Shimon did nothing. So now, Shimon, you know, if, if this wasn't a good Kiddushin, the father was not okay with it, he does nothing. And if it was a good Kiddushin, he does Chalitza. So all he has to do is Chalitza. So the question is, have him also do Miyun to demonstrate that the Chalitza might not be required? And the answer is, well, the whole purpose of demonstrating that something might not be required was so people don't get confused that maybe marriage to the sister, you know, would, would, would not be Chal. And here, since it's only Shimon's chalutza, everybody understands that if, she, if Shimon were to try to marry the sister, it would take effect. So there's no need to signal that the chalitza is a questionable chalitza. Uh, it's a little confusing, but you get the idea. All right, anyway, bottom line is, that was a way of applying this case, or case of Yibo. But we're back to Rav and Shmuel says, this girl requires a get and, and miyun. Miyun is to signal that the get isn't necessarily required, or might not be required. And in the case of Yibum, right, there's uh, different scenarios of whether you require all three, get chalitza and miyun, or whether you require just chalitza. Now the Gemara says the following. Hanu the There are two people that were drinking some wine underneath, like a, Rashi says, like some type of a uh, awning. In Bavel. In Bavel. One of them took a cup of wine. He gave it to his friend. Amar. And he said, Let your daughter be married to my son. Okay? So there they were. They were on a grand old time drinking wine. And he gave him a glass of wine and said, Here, with this wine, let your daughter be married to my son. Even when you say, If the girl marries herself off, we're afraid that the father might have been okay with it. Okay, so here, of course, which was the flip. The f- guy was accepting the wine for his daughter. He was empowered to marry off his daughter. But the guy who gave the glass of wine was marrying for his son. He had not been empowered to do that for his son. But let's say, well, maybe when the son finds out, the son will be okay with it. And maybe the same way we said before, the father would be okay and retroactively would turn the, girl, the daughter's act into a meaningful act. Here, maybe afterwards, the son will be okay and it will turn the father's act into a meaningful act when he acted on behalf of his son. No. So it says... Vishmamina, I'm sorry, so the Gemara says, even according, if you say that we're concerned the father would be okay with the daughter's act, Shemini Sratzes Habein Lo Aminan. We don't say we're concerned maybe the son found out and he became okay with it. Why? Amile Ravina, Rabbanam the Ravina. So anyway, let's see what Rashi says why. Shemini Sratzes Habein, Bikidushin Shekidish Lo Aav Shalomidato, that the father did marry for the son without the son's input or awareness, Lo Aminan. We're not afraid that, that the son became okay with that. The father has a lower standard being okay with some act that the daughter did to marry herself off. Because fathers are trying to get their daughters married off. Okay? And, you know, it's seen, that, it's seen more that women will settle. 
Okay, but a man, he wants to be very discerning and exacting about who he's going to marry. Okay, and the father doesn't have the right to do it without being a shaliyah. So besides the question about the presumption of whether men are more discerning or women are more discerning or who's trying to marry off daughters and so on, there's also the point that in this case you need real shlichos for him to do it on behalf of the son, even if the son was okay with it retroactively, you have to be a shaliyah, right? We discussed before that when the daughter receives the money, maybe she, didn't, she couldn't be a shaliyah. Anyway, she was a minor. So we discussed, though, that giving kesef kiddushin, you know, you could throw the kesef, you know, in the ocean and put it on a rock and somehow if that's what the guy wants, it might count. Okay? Or the girl wants, whatever, that might count. Okay? But here, to actually marry a, a, the girl for the son, he would have to be a shaliyah. So there's two reasons why why we won't say that if he was not designated as a shaliyah. Number one is, we'll assume the son, you know, wants to be much more certain about who he's marrying. And number two is, that das isn't enough. You need real appointment of shalichos. So let's take a look. He's a minor. He's a father. What? The father has more interests uh, more than any other person. Exactly. <laughs> That's the point. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, the only, right, he doesn't have any legal standing more than any other person. But you might sort of say, like, maybe, you know, there's a presumption that he would be okay with decisions his father makes. I, but you're right, he doesn't have a legal standing, and that's exactly it. Somebody goes in and does something for somebody else, right? So it's required. Now, you could do Zachin Ladam Shalom Bafana, but that's, this is not as much Zachin as we'll see in a minute. His son's also a minor. Right? Um, no. Actually, if he's a minor, then it certainly wouldn't work because a, a, a minor cannot marry, a minor boy cannot marry a woman. He would have to have been an adult, the son. Right, right. so this boy's an adult, but did not designate his father. Correct. So now the message is like this. Amelie Rabbanon the Ravina. The rabbi says Ravina. Maybe he made him a shaliach. Now the question is when? Are we afraid that he made him afterwards and retroactively? That, how would that work? So maybe he made him a shaliach from the outset? I mean, let's ask. Let's find out. Right? It's all a question about like, you know, who are, you know where are we getting our, our data, our evidence from? Anyway, let's be concerned. Assuming we can't figure, know anything more about the case. If he went, if we saw the father do it, let's be concerned that that might indicate that the father had been made a shaliach. So the Gemara says, no, people don't have the chutzpah to make the father a shaliach to marry, to, 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 to marry for them, a woman for them. It's so funny because, you know, you would think, what do you mean that's a chutzpah? You know, the father now is in, is in power to do it. The father loves the idea. Great, I can marry off my son. But again, it just shows the irony, right? Because which is that when the girl is doing it, she's a minor, she's under the control of the father. It shows the father's power that he's marrying off his daughter. But when the father is the son's shaliach, the son is the one in power and the father is just an agent of the son. So it shows a subservient role to the son. Even though uh, you could give the shaliach well, the father being subservient to the son. Even though you could give the shaliach the discretionary power to choose, still fundamentally he's doing a service for the son. And therefore it would be considered like nobody would ever do that. Okay, so the Gemara says, But one minute, maybe the, fe- the son, this question is, it's who, who's, who, who, who are we talking about? But maybe the son said to the father, Oh, you see that girl there? I'd really love to marry her. And he was talking her up to the father. And then the father decided, oh great, I'm drinking with, her, with, with this girl's father. Let me, how about my son? 
So maybe there, it's that sort of like the, the, the case of the Gemara before about Shiduchim. Right? There was already a context where you knew that the son might want it. Okay? You could read it the opposite. Maybe the father was reading the Shidduch to the son. But either way, there was a context where there maybe was a presumption that the son would want it. Okay? So the Gemara says, You know what? That maybe makes it more of a question because that's sort of like the case of Shiduchim. But actually, I know that Ravina... You know, you know that Ravina here disagrees with Rav and Shmuel, even in the case of the daughter. Even in the case of the daughter, we're not afraid that the father said okay. So in a parallel case by the son, we certainly won't be afraid that the father said okay. If you said in the case of the daughter that maybe the father afterwards was okay with it, then maybe there would be something to be concerned about in this Shiduchin case with the son. But bottom line, we're poskining, Ravina's poskining, that we're not even concerned in the case of the daughter marrying herself off, so we're not going to be concerned about the case of the father doing it for the son. What was your question? We're not concerned that the son gave the father permission, right? We start by, we're not concerned that the son gave the father permission, because it starts by the case that more people are concerned about, that the father was okay when the daughter did it, Ravina isn't even concerned about that case. So he's certainly not going to be concerned about a case that the son gave the father permission. Okay, but the Gemara starts trying to say maybe there could be a way that he could be comparable if there was some type of a shiduchin that preceded it. Okay, so now though we're also seeing the Psak question because we're saying now that Ravina, who is a later authority, right, basically rejected Rav and Shmuel and presumably even in a shiduchin type of a context because now we're talking in a shiduchin type of a context. Okay, so now the Gemara continues. So, Hahu Gavra, there was a man, the Kaddish Bekisha de Yarka, Bishuka. He married a woman with a bundle of vegetables in the marketplace. Um, now, now apparently this woman was an underage girl, okay, with a father. So, even if you say that we're normally concerned, like Rav and Shmuel, that maybe the father was okay with it afterwards, Hani Mili Derech Kavod, that's only when the original Kiddushin was done in a respectful manner. When the original condition is done in, in a degrading manner, um, low, then we would not be, never be concerned that the father would be okay. So, what made this degrading? Is it that it was just a bunch of vegetables, like gave her some parsley or something? I don't know. Or was it because it was in the marketplace? Which one would determine that we're not concerned that the father was okay with it? Because I can give you a case with one without the other. Maybe he actually gave her money, but it was in the marketplace. Oh, the Kisha de Yarka, or gave her a little bundle of vegetables, but it was the vase in the house. So my. So which one would be Derek Bizayin that we wouldn't have to be concerned about the father? Either way would be Derek Bizayin. So now we're like limiting the cases where we're concerned. One way to, we said earlier is maybe according to Ravage we're only concerned if there was Shiduchin that preceded it. Now we're saying maybe we're, we're not concerned in case of Bizayin. And we'll have a broad definition of Bizayin. You also have the position that when we reject Rav and Shmuel completely. Okay? Now, a third case. Uh, this is the case we had before, you might remember, in the Durham. 
The man said, let's marry off, I want to marry off our daughter to uh, my relative. And she said, no, we're going to marry her off to uh, my brother. He said, I want to marry her to my brother. She said, the wife said, I want to marry her to my brother. So she basically uh, compelled him, you know, uh, and until he finally, you know, talked him into it, until he finally conceded and said, fine, she can marry your brother. Okay? So then they were having a party. They had a Lazarim. Okay, we decided she's going to marry the wife's brother, and they invited all their friends, and they had a Lazarim. She was engaged to the wife's brother. And there they were, eating and drinking. His brother came, the Igra, I mean, I'm saying brother, just as relative, the Igra, up on the second floor, okay, the Kiksha. And they were, she was, he was up on the second floor with the girl and gave her Kesef Kiddushin. Okay, his brother. The one that he initially had wanted. So if we say, Shemenit Ratze Ha'av, so here, and especially in the case of Shiduchin, here we know the father had wanted her to marry his brother, and that's what happened in the end. In the interim, he had given in to his wife. But are we going to say that now he's going to go back to what he really wanted all along? We're going to be concerned that now the father's okay with it. So Amar Abaye, we're not going to be concerned in that case. The remnant of Israel will not do perversion. The will not speak falsehood. So we are not concerned in this case of Nitzrat Sehaav. Even though that's, that's originally what he wanted, once he agreed with it to his wife that he was going to marry his brother, we're not afraid he's going to back up. And not only did he agree to his wife, excuse me, I should have said it goes further, because he actually seems to have now, um, you know, agreed to the actual, to the chassan. Right? They made a party. They announced it. So like it says on the roof. But we announced it, right? But we announced it. Okay, anyway. So, so once actually he had made the promise and maybe even pu- made it public the promise, he's not going to go back. So we're not now afraid that he was going to agree to what she did with his brother. No, no, no. It wasn't just that he made the promise and announced it. They had a party. <laughs> okay. So now he's not going to go and say like, okay, forget the whole party. We have to have another L'chaim because now he's married to, engaged to another guy. Okay. Exactly. Right. It might be now. What's the difference? They made the announcement but they didn't yet have the party. Okay. <laughs> so that would be the case about are you concerned now in Tratav. Anyway, so the sugya ends with uh, the question about, I mean, we're going to have a very related sugya in a minute, but this sugya ends with the question about how do we paskin? Do we paskin that we're afraid the father said okay afterwards and then only limiting it to cases where there was shiduchin, where it wasn't derech bizayun, etc. Or do we paskin sort of like Ula and Ravina who basically said we completely reject Rav and Shmuel. Okay, so if you look at Tosos, Tosos says, okay, and Tosos is like this, if you go like five lines down in Tosos, the first of the narrow lines, he says, we rule like Ravina. He was the later authority, the Sofa run, the very end of the Gemara period. You're not concerned with it? Okay, because that was the most, anyway, we sort of, by discussing the son and the father doing it on behalf of the son, we were talking about like a type of a Shiduchin scenario. Okay, and it sounds like in the end we're saying we're not concerned with about it, you know, even in the case of Shiduch, we're never concerned. Okay, and then he says like this, um, now I'm going to skip a little bit, he says like this, um, 
So now he says like this. Um, line such as the word achai. It's about 20 lines down in the narrow lines. Okay? He says, This is the case I told you. So number one, if the father's around, we're not afraid that he agreed and it's nothing. Let's say the father's on an overseas trip. He's been away for years. And she goes ahead and she actually can rabbinically not the rights that we're never concerned about a get but remember we were talking about Miun and Kiddush and Durabanan when the mother married her when she was emancipated let's say the father's alive but not around can we still have the Kiddush and Durabanan there in order to protect her right because the purpose of Kiddush and Durabanan is the whole purpose of Kiddush Ektana and why we had to create a Durabanan form of it when there's no father is because the family needed to make sure that the girl was watched after and protected and had her future assured so can we do that if the father right can we do that if the father isn't around okay he's alive but not around so here the same sock that is that if the father's around we don't need anything we're not concerned with a get with me and anything if the father isn't around we're asserting then there is a similar Kiddush that can take place so she should not be taken advantage of we're afraid she be taken advantage of so in that case we allow for there to be a Kiddush he does not agree there was a story he went away to a faraway land he left a small daughter and maybe there was a wife or whatever but it doesn't matter technically only the father has control and the daughter was married off and Rav Menachem said you're not a, a guy can't stay can't stay married to her this guy that the parent that the mother married her off to why and he had a new reason not only is it not we don't believe that it's Kiddush and Rabbanan but a new problem maybe the father who's over in Japan in the meantime has married her off to some other man so how can she now be married to a man here right whether there is a Kiddush and Rabbanan or not what about what, we don't know what the father is doing over in Japan and then he gets into a whole debate with Rabbeinu Tam and Rabbeinu Tam says if you're afraid about that let's say the father dies in Japan she should never be able to marry anybody because maybe the father married her when he wasn't around so we're not concerned what the father does when he's not around we're not afraid that it happened anyway it's very fascinating to see that there was a real need this ties into the first Tosos of the Terek right. there was a real need to ensure that the girls were married off at a young age and not, even though the Gemara says you're not supposed to do it and now we see that even if the father isn't around, wanted to make sure that they were protected and married off. So on the one hand, if the father is around and she goes ahead and does something, it's meaningless and there's no need for get, get or neon or whatever. That's the psak at the end. But if the father is, but the father is, is, is far away, there was a question that maybe we needed to assume that there is some type of kiddushin durabanan that she or the mother can do in order that her interests will be protected. Okay, so we will continue with